Welcome to the WP Tonic This Week in WordPress and Tech Podcast, a roundtable discussion with leading WordPress and tech experts, hosted by Jonathan Denwood. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Show. This is episode 706 in This Week in WordPress and Tech, your most favorite panel show in the world. Got a small but powerful panel. Got a returning friend of the show and a former co-host of my Thursday interview show. We've got Stephen back in the house. It's good to Uh, be back. Steve's back. So, Steve, would you like to introduce yourself quickly to the tribe? Yeah, Stephen Satter from Hustlefish. It's great to be back and chatting about WordPress. It's been too long. Yes. I've got my friend Sally. Sally, would you like to introduce yourself quickly to the tribe? Certainly. I'm Sally Getch, WP fangirl. That's great. And I've got my friend Spencer Foreman with me. Would you like to quickly introduce yourself? Spence from WPLaunchify.com. Lovely, <laughs> lovely, lovely. Uh, um, before we go into the main stories of the week in WordPress and tech, I've got a couple messages from our major sponsors. We'll be back in a few moments, folks. Allow us to introduce you to Castos, our major sponsor. If you're looking to get into podcasting, Castos is for you. No penalties on the amount of downloads and the support, should you need it, is the best in the industry. Take a look at Castos for your podcasting solution. That's castos.com, castos.com. The importance of backing up your WordPress website cannot be emphasized enough. We use BlogVault to help us do this on a daily basis. With free staging, migrations, and on the pro plans, malware scanning and auto fix, BlogVault is the professional's choice when managing just one website or many. Go to blogvault.com and see for yourself. You seriously won't find a better more complete solution. That's blogvault.com, blogvault.com. We're coming back. I just want to quickly point out that we've got some great special deals from our sponsors, plus some great recommendations around plugins, services, all being tested by me, or I put my name behind them. Good help me. To get all these goodies, just go over to WPTonic slash recommendations and you find them all there tribe so let's go straight into it panel um number one classic press on the rocks directors resign new leadership installed it's got kind of some linkage to our major story last week in some ways it's a mini kind of i suppose in my so spence what do you think of this story I like my classic press neat with no ice. Yes. So I personally don't prefer it on the rocks. But if you're going to take it, the uh, thing that's interesting about this is this is a good example of an idea that needed to be executed upon ASAP or not at all. Because, like, let's say you use a metaphor of a bus. At some point in 4.9, some people said, let's get off the bus here before, you know, the next stop in Gutenberg Town. And they got off the bus, but then they didn't think through like how to monetize it and how to invest in actually going from the bus stop they got off on. So there's a bunch of people sitting at the 4.9 bus stop with no bus, no money, no in- nothing. They're just sitting there. And eventually 
somebody got around to noticing, I don't even know why this is a story, that the, the WordPress bus went all the way down to Gutenberg Town on the beach, and now everybody's having a party. And now the problem is all of the stuff that followed the Gutenberg bus has changed so much that it's no longer workable on the other version. And so when you look at it, I appreciated their original intent, but it's just a, it's a cautionary tale. <laughs> it's a cautionary tale of don't get off the bus unless it's your stop. And if you get off the bus, be sure you've got enough people with you to throw your own party, make your own town, make stuff happen. Because there's just no purpose to classic press anymore. Even if you do like something lightweight, there's no way you can go backwards in time. There's thousands of plugins and add-ons and changes that will never, ever go backwards. So it's just, ta -da. Ta -da. Yeah. So, Steve, what do you reckon? I mean, Classic Press was like one of the more successful forks of WordPress out there, but only because it was, I think it was built from anger and frustration. And if there's anything that unifies people for a short amount of time, it's it's that. But then... Like what's like what Spencer was saying, like what's the path forward? And a success a successful fork generally has a plan or an idea of where they're going instead of just like, no, we're not gonna do anything. Um, and I think that's why it got like a lot of support. There's a lot of people that are interested in it. They built up a whole infrastructure around it. Um, and then as people were like, Oh, wait, I don't I don't know what we're doing here. People started leaving and trickling off one by one until classic presses. I don't know. We'll see. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we just see it stop being maintained here pretty soon. Um, I think it'd be hard to keep it going um, as time goes on and more and more people either are embracing other platforms or getting back into that Gutenberg world, which is a lot easier to get back into now that things have been figured out a little bit more. Like it's a little bit, looks a little less bumpy. Yeah, that's true. What do you reckon, Sally? Um, I think this is a good example of why uh, uh, when our fearless leader says, you know, you can, you can just fork WordPress, it, it's not as easy as that because you can't fork the whole ecosystem. And the thing that makes WordPress uh, powerful uh, is that extensive uh, ecosystem. So... Uh, you know, you you would need a, a heck of a big movement or the capacity to, you know, replace a lot of those uh, features with something custom and, and in-house. And they didn't have the funding for that. And, and they don't, you know, it's it seems like they barely, don't, barely have money to keep the lights on. So. Yeah, well, I think... I think the, the, the rage, the rage quit uh, WordPress. Uh, uh, you know, is only going to get you so far. Well, we have, we already, we have. Well, this is my opinion. We already have a successful fork. It's called Alamator, and it's Alamator Cloud, isn't it? You know that, or you know, maybe that's why you know that discussion we had last week about the comments from the great leader when he hit the scotch bottle. Uh, um, you know, about GoDaddy, you know, um, that's, that's you know, you need that type of resources if you're going to fork something, can't you? What do you reckon, Sandy? Do you think there's any truth in what I've just said? Uh, well, I don't know enough about Elementor to, to know whether I would uh, consider it a, a fork of WordPress so much as an, an implementation. Um, but I do think you're going to need uh, pretty massive resources. 
I I think also that the thing that really I don't know maybe put the nail in the coffin is the huge support around like classic editor. I mean the reason why you would stay on classic press is because you want it to work and function like good old WordPress did. Well, classic editor gets you eighty percent of the way there, um, and so the average general user. Uh, we'll just install Classic Editor and just keep on going about their merry ways. Like it gets close enough to what Classic Press was trying to do um, that you don't you're you're not going to get that big community. If, if there was no plugin called Classic Editor or no way of reverting to the Classic Editor, I think you maybe could have seen community shift over. But most of the community had no reason to shift, even if they still love the Classic Press Editor. Yeah, and it's kind of linked to what you've written about Spence in WP Masters about fragmentation. I didn't. I don't totally re- agree with everything you say. Surprise, surprise, Spence. But um, I see it's a kind of more of a balance in some ways. But in some way, that that's the contradiction, isn't it, Spence? There seems to be forces of of collectivization, but there's also the opposite at the same time: forces of fragmentation, all kind of working at the same time, don't they? This is like politically arguing about. I don't want to talk any politics to, but like, like remember how we spent all this energy about past elections, right? And it's four years, eight years, sixteen years later. It's like the thing that happened that caused this thing, as Stephen rightly points out. You know, the forces in the market were important then. And they did what they did. And everybody else we've been talking about on the show for years now went through the process. And we all went on the bus, as painful as it was, to Gutenberg Town. And it took us three years. One day when we got close, I said to Sally, hey, Sally, I'm in. I'm excited to go to Gutenberg Town. But otherwise, (laughs) by the time we made it, all the rest of us, to Gutenberg Town, there's no point in talking about what happened when, hey, remember when those Classic Press guys got off the bus? I wonder what's happening to them now. You know, they're living their lives and, you know, they've married and had children and stuff. So I'd say it's just move on because here's the other part about it. One of the initiatives that I've been very vocal about in my press and other stuff lately is the need for less cooks, more simplicity. There are two types of customers, upstream and downstream. For the downstream customers, my effort this year is producing an an actual tangible solution that simplifies WordPress into a, hey, guess what? It is lightweight. It is literally inexpensive and ready to go for most people because the mess of this decentralized market is the consequence of all the time and effort it took to get everybody to Gutenberg Town. And now that we're here, we need to start setting up little shops like the do stuff for people instead of, hey, let's yeah, I think I think you're right about that. I think this is this will be the defining the next couple of years will be the defining period for WordPress about will we continue or will it slowly die on the vine? Is can it can it improve through UX and design and just general hard work, improve the onboarding experience and make it as easy as possible in the confines that it can't be a true SaaS because it it's built to do multiple things. So you can bolt on third party and do a lot of different things, which is one of the attractions of it, but also make it more simpler. And that, I'm not saying that's going to be easy or if that's even possible, but I, 
I feel that will be the defining um, judge in the next couple of years if this project keeps growing or is still what it is, really. So... I suspect we could say that about pretty much any software project, that that if it isn't easy to get new people to use it uh, uh, and they don't adopt it and continue with it, uh, it, it's not going to grow and succeed. Yeah, yeah. Probably and, and the world's moved on, too. I mean, honestly, one of the reasons why I feel like we should look at upstream people who can afford to hire professionals to help them and downstream who are tinkerers is that when you look at the downstream options, there's 800 competitors to what WordPress does for the particular use case, right? I need a membership site. I need a whatever, an e-commerce. There's literally dozens and dozens of push-button, starting-it-free platforms. So the issue we're competing against is people aren't excited about going to the Home Depot just to look at stuff on the shelves. They're excited to go to Home Depot because they think they'll get the thing that they need to have fixed at home, and they want it in a ready-to-use format. Whereas in the early days, we were just enamored with the tools. Like, oh my God, I can build a business and I don't even know how to code yet. But that's no longer exciting, just like, you know, we have flip phones in the past and now that's like, really? You yeah, I, 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 do, I do totally agree with you there, but I don't see it as a zero-one. I saw it and I, I saw it as that was the purpose of WordPress.com which they they could have their part of the market, um, the people that go to Home Depot, and they could compete with Squarespace and Wix. But you've got the beautiful thing is that if you ever wanted a more customised, it would be a much easier because you've built it on WordPress.com to move it to a more WordPress.org situation. So I saw it as the possibility of a win-win situation. But it's all got a bit messy, hasn't it? Are there any numbers around, like, how many WordPress sites are managed by the owner of the site versus managed by a third-party service, like an agency or a freelancer or something like that? Um, Because I think what I've seen, at least in the last, I don't know, we we, we work with, like, some agencies and we work with some, um, like, just smaller businesses. The percentage of small businesses that come to us that have a Squarespace site or something they want to do more is astronomical. Like they have some, they're, they're not on WordPress, they're on something else and they're trying to figure out how to do something that they've outgrown that system. But the amount of like agencies that come to us for help and assistance, almost all of them are coming with like pre-built WordPress sites. Like they have their WordPress stuff like down. That's what they're building for their clients. And it'd be just really interesting to know like, WordPress is huge because they have people, other people are building a lot of these sites for individuals, or is it actual like the the person that owns the site building it? Oh, I, I don't know actually, Stephen, but yeah, I agree with you there. Well, I'm going to go to story two, um, Homeland. This is a story on The Verge. And folks, it's an intro. Obviously, they plan to do a series. What I thought was interesting is... I was aware of some of the figures they show in this piece, but if you're reminded, like, what this piece does about how 
the biggest growth industry in the past two two decades seems to be surveillance and watching people and control. Um, If you want a profitable business, you need to seem to, you should have got into watching people. Um, So, Stephen, did some of the figures in this piece kind of shock you a little bit? I mean, I've kind of lost track of um, kind of where all this stuff landed. Um, And, you know, it all originated back in 9-11. I remember everyone talking about it and like the reforms and what the government was doing. And now we have this monolithic agency that's controlling and running everything. Um, But I just haven't been paying attention. So it was kind of interesting uh, reading through it. I think uh, whoever did the design on it is pretty cool, too. So uh, if... You, if you're if you're not interested in the article itself, you should go check it out just to check out like the the top video now thing. It's kind of they did a really good job with that. All right, and Spence. I mean, I think Stephen was very diplomatic there as normal. Uh, um, wasn't you? Where where is this all going to end, Spence? Because this department seems this 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 department of government, and it's the same in the UK. I'm not saying it's just America. It just seems to have an insatiable appetite for money, resources. It's it's like, a, I was going to say, like a cancer just growing and growing and growing. Um, what's your own thoughts? Well, I don't think it ends. I think it has two inevitable paths it goes down. Either A, it goes down the path of this gets dystopian, and it's sort of like a Star Wars universe or Orwellian universe where it just gets worse and worse and worse and worse. And then you just like like a frog boiling in water, you know, you just slowly get used to it until you wake up and it's like minority report, right? Um, the second is that it reaches a point which, again, I'm an optimist, so I like to think this is how it goes. Even without the outside intervention in some alternative universe of uh you know, a civilization from other planets that tell us how Earthlings really got here. Other than that, you know, like fairy tale part that might be true. I think it goes down the path of regular people say amongst themselves, what the fuck? And they just stop giving into this because it takes the coordination of people giving into this for it to happen. And we can see right now that's the playbook. For those who take control of the money and the power and the corporate interests and everything else all the way up the chain, it only works when the masses just, you dig a hole, they get in, and then they get, you know, you shoot them. They have to give in to it because there's way more people than there are people trying to run things from the top. But the problem is, that's why they divide us. They divide us so we don't all just go, wait a second, like, who gave these guys? And Honestly, I don't think there's a same malevolent intent in WordPress, but just to tie this back to WordPress, that's my feeling about WordPress. Is like we've long past gone, you know, past the day of us like the fearless leader tell us what to do to the point of like, why don't we just decide what to do ourselves? Because I think we all have a better idea. So in, in our world, that's the problem. People are the same but they're being told they're still different and they're being told that the other person next to them, their neighbor is their enemy so that there's constant fighting and that money can be used against the boogeyman that never existed, which was normal neighbors and people. 
And I think that's going to continue as long as religion, politics, and money are all tied together. So, so Sally, don't get me wrong. Every country needs a security service. You know, you know, every country does. There are organizations, countries, nasty people out there that don't wish well for America, don't wish well for the people of America. You know, it's just a fact of life, isn't it, Sally? You know, you do need the spooks. You know, that's a slang term from Britain, meaning the security services. But this has gone bonkers. I think it's just gone totally bonkers. What do you reckon, Sally? Uh, well, I mean, um, I remember uh, that there were a lot of people expressing, you know, concerns about uh, <clears throat> this, uh, you know, increasing surveillance um, uh, of our own population with the, you know, excuse of 9-11 and where was that going to go and where was it going to end? And, you know, here it is all this time later. And uh, it, it has gone essentially where people were afraid it was going to go. Uh, I have uh, checked out the book uh, uh, that Morton recommended on surveillance capitalism. I haven't read it yet, but, um, you know, uh, prior to that, the fastest growing industry in the U.S. was prisons. So yeah. you can see this sort of thing has been in operation for a long time. And I don't know that we're ever going to change um, the nature of controlling people by, you know, uh, uh, pinning uh, those uh, with, uh, le- you know, who are not in power uh, uh, pitting them against each other so that they don't get together and rebel against you. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, I agree with that. All right, and um, where, where are we? I think we're going to go... No, let's do one more story before we go for a break. So this is a really interesting story. Um, it's from WP Masters. Is the Australian WordPress community dead? So, Sally, I thought... I would start with you because obviously you're very involved in the Bay Area WordPress scene. You, you've you been running your own WordPress group for many years. Um, what did you think of this article? Did, did you think it had some insights and what was your general thoughts? Well, I, I mean, I think it's an observation of what's been happening uh, and I suspect that they're right, that uh, it could reflect... Uh, situations in many different places. Uh, I just saw somebody share it on the community team channel in the Make WordPress uh, Slack. Um, I, I mean, you know, my meetup has been going virtually uh, and I've missed a couple of, of sessions because it just, you know, there is a kind of progressive overwhelm that's come with the pandemic and everything else and people are very tired and um uh, uh, <clears throat> so uh you know running a, a, a meetup can be uh, exhausting uh it's also uh, you know fun and satisfying and teaches you a lot uh, i've enjoyed doing it but uh you know uh we've hesitated to go back to meeting in person 
on account of the, you know, fluctuating uh, 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 COVID issues. And um, Australia is a heck of a large and spread out country. So, uh, uh, you know, I can imagine uh, that you often uh, uh, would have to drive quite a long distance that's one way of putting it. You know, it's like America. If America only had four to five major cities. Then the, right, you know. right. And and so, you know, you if you want to meet in person, you have to be very tightly concentrated. And if you want to meet online, well, uh, it, 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 you know, you could have people from uh, from anywhere. And I have had, you know, people coming from outside the local area uh, uh, to my meetup. Uh, uh, but also, once things went online, then you could go to any meetup anywhere, and you mm-hmm. might opt to go to something that was, you know, uh, from somewhere else and and larger and, and more, uh, 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 you know, more exciting in, in some way where you're yep. going to see people you don't usually see. And so the competition increases a lot. Yeah. I don't think it's an easy problem to solve. I don't know that that means their community is completely dead forever. No. So I thought it was an interesting piece, Stephen, because I don't think we're going back how you deal with the new reality of hybrid, I I feel that you've got to understand that things have fundamentally changed. Zoom online has its strengths and its weaknesses. Face-to-face meetups has its strengths and weaknesses. I think we're in a period where you're going to have to find a kind of hybrid. Also, there was the bit about that, as a project, it's become more JavaScript focused and that has its consequences as well. And then you've got the whole issue of burnout. So to me, that's why it was an interesting piece, Stephen, because it had a, like three to four different elements to the piece. What what was your own thoughts about it, Stephen? Yeah, totally. Like, like reading about this, it feels like there's three things that happen simultaneously. You have uh, the Gutenberg stuff happening, which is a big shakeup and, you know, a big thing for any meetup to deal with. And uh, probably like a thing where people would but maybe... That started the- in 2018. Like, you know, we, we were well into Gutenberg before the pandemic. Happened. Yeah, but I feel like people were getting... Like, Gutenberg started, people were interested. They were like into figuring it out. And then at some point in time, it felt like there was this huge shift of like, I'm tired of it. Um, and then, so, so you have like this big shift in the the WordPress world, uh, and then you have, uh, leadership that's getting tired of being leadership and passing down leadership is always a very hard, hard thing to do. And then you have the pandemic that's on top of that. And I think those three things put together, uh, just kind of decimated, um, Australia, like where it was at as far as the meetups went. Um, I think that like if you had leadership that wasn't already like on the verge or thinking about trying to transition out, you know, if you had somebody that was super excited about it and wanted to invest tons of time and energy, you maybe could have kept it going. But like it's just that trifecta, that perfect storm that I think kind of decimated Australia. But I think it will bounce back. Like there's enough WordPress users. I think 
people are going to want to hang out again together. Uh, you have WordCamps coming back online. Um, I don't think like this, this whole article is a little pessimistic. Uh, Australia is a huge place. There's tons of WordPress users. Um, yeah. Someone just needs to, you know, start leading it again and putting a lot of time and resources back into building that community. And if somebody has that passion and that desire, like I think it'll come back. Yeah, so spring the passion so, uh, and the desire and the time and the energy. Yeah, it's a lot of you have to that's why passing down that leadership is so hard. You gotta find that that right person yeah. that has all so those I, I think Spence Stevens just touched another interesting aspect because obviously Australia has its own peculiarities. Um but I think Stevens just touched something, you know, it, you know, to get involved, it's really quite easy to really get involved and <laughs> do a lot of free work and running around and it's, it is a bit like herding cats and people say, well, you chose to do it. But I think also, I think some of the resources for also financial resources from work, the WordPress and in some ways, obviously a, a separate entity automatic, but I think some of the resources, some of the, I've been lacking a bit. Um, Sponsorship what, money uh, did drop a lot. And so the WordPress community services, you know, made it clear during the pandemic that sort of like, hey, we have a ton less money to help WordCamps uh, do anything. Or Yeah, so what do you reckon, Spence? I, just, I, I mean, obviously, I'm... I'm over there as well at, at Master WP. So I think Ray wrote a very thoughtful article. But I also feel that it's kind of back to my original point. I kind of think to myself, who cares? Here's why. I mean, her point is well taken, but like, who cares if it's dead? Because I want to use an example of like Salesforce. Salesforce, prior to the pandemic, and I think it may be going again this year or something, they have this annual thing in San Francisco. I forget what it's called, but like they take over the whole town and Salesforce is a product that isn't really like a carnival or, you know, it's not an alcohol product. It's not like a drug. It's just, it's, it's a CRM. And yet the city gets taken over. Like you think it's Rio de Janeiro and they charge $300,000 and up for like a six by six booth. And everybody sends their sales teams in and they all just party and get drunk and have whatever. You ask yourself, like, why? And the reason is because there's huge money to be made in meeting everybody that's working with the stuff, right? Like, it, it's like a multi-level marketing convention, or it's like a real estate convention, or it's like an NFT convention. Then you look at WordPress. And again, no criticism there. But the model of why people get together is backwards, ass backwards. People will not get together that level of excitement because... It's a bunch of geeks like, hey, man, what are you coding anymore? They will get together because we're there to talk about how to make more money. And yet the entire tone that comes from the top down is still talking about like, hey, peace and love, granola, four stages, someday it'll get there. We got a plan, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, really? Like, really? That's the best you can do? Because Mark Benioff or... You know, any of the other private founders, even in the space of the CRMs, or even if you look at like Larry Ellison or, you know, Balmer or, you know, it was all about make money because that's the end result of this. There's not a single person that is going through the 
problems of WordPress just for fun anymore. They're doing it because either they're at one of those three points of the ecosystem, a customer, a salesperson in the middle, or a person who makes the tools. Yeah. Yeah, except, you know, Jonathan, did you go to WordCamp Europe because you thought you were going to make tons of money there? That's my point. Can, can, can I... They don't go there well, for money. They go there for something else that doesn't seem to have any sexiness to it. Like, if if you went to WordCamp, like, maybe San Diego, maybe I'll have something to do about that. If you went to WordCamp to have, like, one of those mastermind groups, like Digital Marketer has the San Diego Mafia get together once a year. And they're all there telling each other how to make more money with their businesses using things like Infusionsoft or something. That's sexy. That's like Salesforce. But going there to just meet a bunch of geeks and talk about WordPress in general, it doesn't hold any appeal that much. I mean, I know the tickets sold, but that's because these people never leave their house. They all need a suntan right now, like me included. But not because it couldn't be bigger. It yeah. could be big. WordPress could be a financial yeah. thing. So as a lot of like a lot of the things you say, Spence, I agree with a lot of the things you've just stated, but I also disagree a little bit as well. Um, because I see where Sally's coming from as well. Because it's all you've got to take in every every community has its different culture, its different tone. And what I saw to answer your question, Sally, I went because um, I wanted to go and see my family afterwards, and it was just easier. Just and I like the idea of going to Portugal and Porto. I didn't get as much out of it as I could, but that was because I didn't really organise and do outreach. Vito, who's part that comes on the show, yes, I think Vito may have succeeded at actually was was much more much yeah. more organised and much more effective in what he got out of it. But I also agree with Spencer because there was a certain group at there that, um, and community is important, Sally, but they, they it was almost like a cult with them, you know, the, the cult of WordPress. And we got a, where Spencer's right, it's also a commercial pro- project as well. So what I'm saying long-winded in panel is you've got to, com- I feel to be successful, you've got to combine both co- both you've got to be more realistic that it's a business plus you don't want it to end up totally like a salesforce two-day jamboree in san francisco and that hopefully um the people at automatic realize that i'm working on it i will i will be interviewing um somebody very high up in wordpress in the near future that I will be giving more information about that soon. Well, you know, I think that things like LoopConf uh, and Cabo Press got started precisely to provide what yeah. Spencer was talking about yeah. in terms of you get together with some uh, mm. successful business people and you learn about what they did uh, to, uh, you know, to get mm. that success and, and what you can do to to grow your business. Um, now, those were created by, you know, third parties uh, because that wasn't the focus of any of the official WordCamp stuff. Yeah, but what I'm saying, Sally, you're totally correct. 
Um, but as, as I said, I agree with almost everything, but a little bit don't. I think it would just be better if it was more re- realised that this is kind of um, a community, but also it has the business side. So how you blame I, that? I, I want to I remind you all of something, and this could be different. But there was a time, I forget which event it was, there was a commercially viable product. And again, forgive me which city it was, but there was a WordCamp. I think it was WordCamp US. They weren't able to get the kind of attention or attraction or whatever they wanted from the channels that were allowed from the top. So what they did is they paid for a bunch of billboards and other stuff around the venue. Elevator doors. Things like that. It was it was one of the WordCamp US, and, and it was one of the big sponsors. And the powers that be decided that they apparently, in my opinion, own the city, and as such, punished that company for doing that because it wasn't authorized. Which I find really telling. Because let's go back to the premise: Why are we here? <laughs> I love you guys. I would hang out with you guys for free. But honestly, we're here because we have a common interest in a livelihood in WordPress and making money. And the fact is, everybody in the ecosystem now knows there's no secret. We're not doing free ballerina websites and we're not doing it for the love of coding. We're doing it because we all want to make money. But from the top down, there's nobody acknowledging the fact that this is a monetary-based ecosystem other than insiders and friends and da 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 And so it's really ironic Can you think of any other conference where a company would be punished, punished by the CEO of of the hosting for having paid to put advertising out? Like as if they own the fucking city. And that's the problem. Because even as I sit here today, if you do something that Matt doesn't like, he will go out of his way to fuck with you. And we saw that last week with the GoDaddy thing. But GoDaddy's too big to be messed with. And here's why I think this is bothersome. I love Matt. I love that he's gotten us where we are. But that kind of behavior is like comparable to other politicians in our ecosystem today across the sea who think that one person can effectively own the entire territory and do what they want. And that is just not right. It's an open source software. But we're not here to do his bidding. We're here to do our bidding for whatever this thing will be. And that is why it doesn't matter to me that Australian WordPress community is dead because the word camps and everything else, I've been to them, they do not produce anything meaningful that you can't do just through emails or Zoom calls. But what would be meaningful would be if everybody did like a Salesforce thing and it's like yeah, carnival. I, 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 I agree with most, but I can see how you can combine two. So we need to go for our break. Um, and we'll be back in a few moments, folks. Hey, it's Spence from LaunchFlows.com. If you've been looking for a fast and easy way to create powerful sales funnels on WordPress, then look no further than LaunchFlows. In just minutes, you can easily create instant registration, upsells, downsells, order bumps, one-click checkouts, one-time offers, custom thank you pages, and best of all, no coding is required. For as little as $50 per year, you can own and control your entire sales funnel machine with Launch Flows. Get your copy today. Hey, 
Tribe, are you trying to scale your agency but struggling to find time to work on your business because you're always stuck working in your business? Head over to focuswp.co where you can subscribe to an instant team of white label geeks and creatives to delegate to. Use code WPTONIC for a special discount just for the tribe. With Focus WP, you don't have to worry about hiring, firing, or any other HR nightmares. Just submit a ticket and your new team will dive in. Focus on what you love, outsource the rest. We're coming back. Just want to point out, I do a fantastic newsletter. You can sign up for free. I send it out over Sunday or Monday. It's about everything we discuss in this with extra resources. Plus, I write editorial around one of the stories that we discuss. I'll go into more detail. It's fantastic. Please sign up for it. Where can you get this goodie? Well, go over to WPTonic slash newsletters and you can sign and get my inner thoughts. What a prospect. It should terrify you, really. By the way, I uh, want to say that I broke I broke like a 12 or 15 show string of not swearing today. <laughs> Sorry, it's, Morton, it's Morton's influence from last It's the 4th of July special adult <laughs> edition of the show. But like, honestly, yeah. you know, when these things come up, I... I I have like one foot in each world. I have one foot in the, I don't care what happens in the automatic political system. And that's the one I prefer to be in, like dealing with selling and interaction. But then when I have the other foot in the political side of things, it's so like exciting and infuriating. And at the same time, because like I have literally no desire to be poking at anybody for any reason. But it seems like the only time anything's ever get changed here is when somebody stands up like the kid in the Emperor's New Clothes story and says, He's not wearing a robe. He's naked. And yeah, but you're dealing with Matt. With Matt, you're dealing with a very complex individual. That um, so, uh, like, it's like a. I've been wishing. Spencer, isn't that how things happen anyway? Right? It yes. just carries along by inertia. Everything, that, not just WordPress, thing. it carries along via inertia um, with people, you know, grumbling occasionally until somebody gets sufficiently fed up to say, no, we actually yeah. have to do something and Agreed. does it. Yeah. We have a cult the, here that the cult is there, I think, a diminishing number, but there have always been a number of people. And again, it is very reflective of society. There's a, a, a cult of, of people going along with something they know is wrong but they're afraid to lose their livelihood, their position, their hierarchy. And the rest of the people have to overcome that through either logic or force of will or through just rational thinking, or sometimes, you know, not revolution, but like, no, we're not going to take it anymore. And here there's no, there's no like good and evil. Uh, You know, it's not black and white. It's just common sense or lacking in common sense. And I think we've all reached that point of at least looking at it somewhat objectively. So now this year in particular, I feel that's what we should be discussing. We should be like, let's not talk about all the fairy tales of the past. Let's talk about what we're going to do today going forward. Right. This, I'm going to do something. I, I was in two minds to do this, but I let the first half of the show drag on a little bit, and I don't want this being a, So I've got three other stories, but they're not the strongest stories. Let's be fair about it. Um, but if any of you... So if you don't mind, panel, we're a small panel... Obviously, we had a large panel last week and we had a very dominant story, which was GoDaddy and Matt. You, I know, Stephen, you're joining us, but so this start with, this start off with Stephen. Obviously, it was, a, it was the most 
major story last week and it's kind of rippled on. Um, what was your own thoughts about what Matt said about GoDaddy and GoDaddy's reply? Oh, man. I, you know, I feel like I have a lot of mixed emotions about how that all plays out because, I mean, like we were just talking about it, right? Like what 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 is the division between WordPress being something that everybody's supposed to contribute to and work on and kumbaya and build together versus like, no, it's a money-making thing. Both GoDaddy makes a ton of money off of WordPress and Matt makes a ton of money off of WordPress. And maybe, I mean, I, let's look at, I don't know. I wonder what the balance sheets look like and what the disparity is if you take, you know, WordPress revenue that GoDaddy generates off of their WordPress sales and Matt Mulliganwig and revenue he generates off of WordPress sales and then what the hours are contributed. But like the point of volunteering and contributing to something, and if you try to guilt people into that, like I think it ruins the whole thing. Um, like if you're, if you're trying to say you have to contribute more because you're not a participant in this, um, the point of contributing is doing it like freely and because you want to help and you want to grow and, um, is, should GoDaddy be contributing? Yeah, but so should everybody else. Everyone should be contributing more. Uh, it's not just a GoDaddy thing. If, if this is really a community project, everybody needs to give back and there's not, there's no such thing as too much or too little, um, I don't know. I I didn't see the the point in it, especially because WordPress people already don't like GoDaddy. I don't think like it changed anybody's opinions or mind. Like like anybody in WordPress woke up and was like, "Oh yeah, GoDaddy. They're not the best for hosting your WordPress site." Like I don't think anybody had that. Everyone already knew that. Uh, so I I kind of question the value behind the whole thing. But well, yeah. it's it's. I mean, we discussed a lot um, about the general hypocrisy of, uh, uh, you know, Matt complaining that GoDaddy makes money off of WordPress when, you know, Automatic does also. Uh, but there is also the fact that um, GoDaddy contributes a ton. They, there, there are lots and lots of uh, go down well, that, that's, are, that's, that, that's, the that's the strange thing, Sally. Sorry so yeah, that was the that was the odd thing. I mean, I'm sure there are lots of people, uh, lots of companies uh, that profit from from WordPress and don't contribute. Uh, but it seems to me that there would be a greater existential threat to WordPress uh, uh, without GoDaddy and its contributions. Even though, uh, you know, uh, uh, they still can't get their hosting, right? Uh, but, you know, as a company, they've become a much better citizen than back in the days of, you know, shooting elephants. Yeah, so, Spencer, um, it's, it was really difficult for me because um, I'm not, I've made it quite public, I'm not a great fan of GoDaddy and they're one of the few people that I wouldn't take money from as a sponsor of this show um, for various reasons. I don't wish them ill though. Um, I also feel saying any company or anything is parasitic was really, really, you know, that was, that was really uncalled for. Because that's a really that has connotations around some really ugly moments in history when you 
call a company, a group of people, parasitic. You know, um, you've had a bit of time to think about it. What do you What do you really think? Was it just a just a few moments of madness, or you know, because I was I was really kind of pulled in two directions because sometimes I like the edginess of Matt because it kind of at least he's he's a crazy he's a, he's bonkers. I always saw him as a mad genius oh, type. I don't think he's bonkers. I think he's human being. I think we we put people on pedestals, forgetting that money and power and public and notoriety just magnify one's personality and. Overall, as an ex- executive or leader, I think for a young person, Matt has done an exemplary job up to a certain point. I mean, quite frankly, all of us go through stages, but at his age, he took on a lot and went from like zero to that. But listen, as an entrepreneur my whole life, I accept the fact that, and I've had this happen in my legal career, in my real estate career, and otherwise now in software, I have no business being a CEO of a company with more than one or two employees. Because my nature is such that I, I like to take risks and make new things in problems that are constantly changing. I am not the person to manage the politics of hundreds and thousands of people. I think it's time for Matt to consider whatever the reasons were that he lost his shit over this to be a, a healthy early warning sign that it's time to go into a chairmanship position or a board leader position and put somebody in charge whether it's Josepha or someone else, who is able to run the things that way. Because he has this unusual situation that doesn't exist at that space level where he's running it like it's still hanging out in San Francisco in his apartment, but it's running half the internet and there's billions of dollars at stake and everybody is getting no none of the leadership that they need. And so his tantrum or whatever it's called is a symptom of, wait a second, I've actually got one bigger problem here. Not only am I running this thing that I don't know necessarily what I'm going to do or who's going to do it or how to execute it because everybody's a paid volunteer, but the software isn't even mine legally. Like, let us not forget that it is open source. GoDaddy could literally take WordPress core and say, bye-bye, everybody come over to GoDaddy and we're going to do it better. And I would venture that he realizes that's a fair possibility when you lose touch with your base and there's somebody else having a party next door with better booze and more entertainment that they don't show up at your yard anymore. And I think that's what's going on here. And yeah, I think, I think some, something that like, uh, I don't think Matt accounted for, or I mean, this is just completely anecdotal evidence. So I don't know if it's actually true, but the, but the amount of, we work on like about 160 different websites and the amount of people that we've taken from GoDaddy versus WordPress.com is probably four to one. So that means people who set it up a site, there are four times more people who set up sites on GoDaddy first than on WordPress.com, which means GoDaddy is an intro to people getting involved inside of the WordPress space. Now, that creates a tremendous value for WordPress outside of just uh, putting hours back into core. I mean, it's the money they're putting into marketing, the money that they're putting out there competing against Squarespace and Wix to bring people into the WordPress fold a little bit. Um, 
So I, I, I think that didn't get accounted for inside of like the, the hour totals. Um, and then I would also love to know like what, what was the thing that triggered Matt to make that post? Like there had to be a reason behind it. Maybe he had a meeting with GoDaddy. Maybe somebody, there's something happening underneath that caused that to happen. And um, it's hard, I think, to like judge Matt and his response without knowing like what was the thing that caused that. Um, because well, he, well, he's, he's privy to a lot more info than He's us. always shown this. He was obviously really pissed and he's also naturally petulant. And he always has been rather petulant. You know, and it, you you saw it at its best, didn't you? But just to finish off, panel, I wrote a little bit about this and I put it on LinkedIn. And to be fair to Go Daddy, like I say, I'm not the biggest fan, but it's it's also about the consumer because the consumer, I, I kind of I compared it to car insurance. You know, car insurance, we want the cheapest rate possible. <laughs> we want superb service. I, When we've got a problem, we want to ring them up and have our call answered straight away. And we want, and when we have an accident, we want them not to dispute the claim and send us a very large check almost straight away, right? Well, these things are contradictory because if, if they're doing it really cheap, how can they provide, pick the phone up straight away? And how can they not, in the business model, not always attempt to get out of their responsibility and nickel and dime you? Well, that's the same with hosting. You know, you got this, oh, I want really yeah, cheap hosting, cheap super, super fast. I want them, I want any problem to be answered straight away or 24 so-called 24-7 support. It's delusionary, but yet we buy into it. So it's partly com- companies like GoDaddy that kind of foster this fantasy, but it's also the consumers need to buy into the fantasy, really. It's You're totally, shaking your head. That's the, na- that's the nature of, of marketing. Like if you look at, let's look at the entertainment, right? There was a day when it, nobody had a, a VHS or a Betamax. Then when you started to get it, it was like, oh, you can get black market movies like the Star Wars and a black market bootleg, and you paid 100 bucks for a copy. Then eventually Blockbuster came along, and Blockbuster turned into the, the blah, blah, blah with the DVDs, and that evolved into the, you know, the Redbox and the Netflix and the Netflix. So now here we are, where for $14 a month, I can get every possible piece of content ever made on demand times seven channels of that. And so here we are in WordPress. And the truth is people are always going to force the market into faster, cheaper, better, whatever. But the problem is a company, as you say, cannot deliver on more than two of those. You can't get like necessarily easily to cheaper and better at the same time without there being competition. The same outcome that I was just discussing is the natural inevitability of this is that WordPress has moved from a, wow, it's free and cool to, wow, we can sell services to, wow, we can make plugins and sell them to, oh, the plugins are all being bought by hosting companies to be given away. Why? Because the hosting companies have all the money and they realize they're going to go out of business unless they get the customers for 10 years at a time. And that's where we're at, where the ecosystem now is these verticals, like the channels of content, the people who make stuff, 
have to be given an alternative way to make their money. And the only way that's going to happen is if WordPress becomes like Lego blocks, standardized, streamlined, because they're not really crazy people in the Lego space selling wood Legos or metal Legos. And so here in WordPress, there's still tons of people distracting everybody with their alternative versions of how WordPress should be, when we should all be just saying, that doesn't happen at Wix or Weebly or Squarespace. Yeah, but the problem with that, Spence, is you, you are right. It needs streamlining and it, the, and it needs more advice and and around the UX design, blah, blah, blah. But if you, but if you push that too far, you know, one of the strengths is choice in is finding a balance. That's what I. I'm not saying. I'm not saying you shouldn't be able to make stuff. What I'm saying is like using the metaphor of Legos. People right now are making things that aren't literally Lego blocks. Instead of making like a different shape Lego that fits yeah. into the pattern or yeah. you know color, they're making like I'm not picking on her, but oh, Nathalie, standards, Nathalie, yes, Nathalie's product, right? If you choose her product, it's a platform in the plugin because it doesn't work with anything else. And that you go down the list of other stuff, seventeen plugins competing for the same Gutenberg block. We're wasting time, people. Yeah. That's the problem because like we, I talked about in the article, if Matt or somebody at the top level would say, you know what, let's turn everything into features instead of standalone companies, an independent person or company could sell a new feature that gets promoted from the top down in the natural order of Yeah, things. I do. You have clarified your position now a bit more, and I, I yes, do. Yes, I mean, one, I do. I do agree with We need standards, and part said. of the problem standards, with the Bloomberg stuff is that – um, you know, the uh, accepted way to do it, the standard way to do it has shifted a few times as the core team has been like, oh, oops, if we want to do this, we actually have to redo the way we did that thing. Yeah. All right, then. I thought that was the right judge because I, I think it was a big story last week and I've had a bit of time to reflect on it and I thought it was a good in. So we need to go to recommendations. So... Um, Stephen, if you have, I don't know if you've got a recommendation. If you have, can you put it into chat and I'll copy it? And so, Stephen, put you on the spot. Have you got a recommendation? Uh, yeah, I was actually, um, I mean, you guys probably already know about uh, Spark Toro and stuff, uh, but I was playing around with it yesterday. I had like forgotten about it and was randomly on Twitter trying to figure out, uh, you know, kind of where an audience was at. And I was like, oh, yeah, I should check out Spark Toro. And I was just, it's just amazing. They, it's a really cool product. You can find out what people are talking about, what you're, what people are following, where the, like, the intersect of those target audiences are, and it's pretty fascinating. So, What um, was it? Spark, Spark Toro? Spark yeah, Toro. If, you could, if you could put it into Slack for us. Oh, yeah, so, so, Sally, you're totally right, Stephen. Um, it's a fascinating product. It, you know, I think it's been hard to explain to people. It's one of those products that's hard to explain until you use it in some ways. Um, so, Sally, got a recommendation? I do. Uh, my recommendation is FSE Studio from WP Engine. It's currently uh, in an alpha state, so it's uh, rough around the edges, but it's already looking pretty cool. Um and I've put uh, the link to the description with the preview video and the link to um, the sign-up form if you want to get involved at this early stage and provide feedback about uh, what you need. It's, it's basically a theme-building tool that helps automate some of this stuff uh, 
um, uh, that you can't do in uh, can't do yet just in the core of I don't know what my camera's doing. Uh, and it's uh, going to be well, funny. Well, you know. got a glitch in the matrix. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, it, this has been happening uh, 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 often, and I don't know what it is. So sentient AIs uh, yeah. get you. <laughs> Something the over, like the that. Overlords have decided your time on this uh, dimension. <laughs> that's that's right. Yeah. It's 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 uh, uh it it switched over to my uh, uh to to my built-in camera and that's not working so well. It's removed most of your body parts by now. Yeah. Uh, yes, <laughs> yes. What what is the link to this? Um, let me take. Uh, I'll put it in the chat here, Stephen. It's it's I I added it to uh, to Slack. Um. And yeah. <clears throat> so Spencer got a recommendation for the tribe. Indeed, I have a recommendation that I listen. I rarely get excited. Well, about, we're listening mostly to you for the song. Leaning into the camera. He's <laughs> leaning my, in. mom, my mom would do this. She'd say to my sister, "Listen, I have something very important." Yeah, I've heard that a lot, actually. I rarely. Will get excited about a free product. This thing kills it. It is called Screenshot.rocks. And what it does is for anybody who is trying to document their stuff in a blog post, in a YouTube video thumbnail, or if you're making documentation, it's free. It lets you just pop in the URL. And by the way, it has a Chrome extension that makes this so fun and easy. You go to the thing you're trying to document, you click the screenshot, the Chrome extension, and it makes a perfect screenshot that lets you decorate it the format with like, you know, rounded corners, a fake browser, you are anything you want. And then you have a perfect PNG, JPEG, whatever that you can then immediately put in your documentation. And this is a dream come true for me because having to make documentation of things like launch flows or the launch club or whatever, I'm always struggling like, Jesus, how the hell do I do this thing? Because I have a screenshot tool, this and that. This just takes away all the pain immediately. And it's free. It's I just tried free. it out. It's pretty awesome. Oh, I don't know where their game is on this, but I would pay them for this, which is really surprising. Well, obviously, they got plans, haven't they? Uh, Rob, I don't but- know. Put it into Slack, can you? My recommendation, and I'll put it in the show notes, is a couple of YouTube interviews um, which relate to our discussion with our great friend, Morton and AI. One is an interview from the Google engineer that started this whole storm about um, Google's, one of Google's bolts being actually salient. And it's interview, and... Um, He's, he comes across as a, a as a really, really intelligent, um, rational individual. But there's a part in the interview where you realise he's jumped the shark. It's quite um, it's quite hilarious. Audience, it's just a he, he comes across and then boom, he's jumped the shark. The other the other link will be to an explanation of the technology behind. Um, Google's bolts. That's really excellent, and you really see why by watching the second the second video why the Google engineer has jumped the shark. And so I'll make sure those two are in the supporting show notes tribe, and you can have a bit of a butcher's. It's fascinating stuff for the odd ten minutes that you want to relax. So, 
Spencer, how can people find out more about you, Spence? You can come to my backyard barbecue that I know. Okay, no. Otherwise, WPLaunchfly.com. You can, I'm very active on Twitter these days. It's Spencer Foreman, no E in Foreman. Yeah. Rhymes, rhymes with Dorman. <laughs> Sally, how can people find out more about you? Uh, well, my um, very out-of-date website is WPFangirl.com. Uh, I am at Sally Getch on uh, Twitter. And um, if you can spell my name, you can find me. <laughs> Stephen, my good friend Stephen, um, how can people find out more about you and what you're up to? Uh, hustlefish.com or look me up on Twitter. That's the way. Thank you, panel. It's been a, I think it's been a great discussion, actually. I think we've covered and had some good points. We'll see you soon, tribe. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. Why not visit the Mastermind WordPress membership group on Facebook? And if you want to keep up with all the latest news on the podcast, visit wp-tonic.com forward slash newsletter. We'll see you next time.